Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Third Estate Podcast, where we talk anything finance and whatever else comes to mind. I'm your host, AJ Abarca, and along with me today is Anton Bolich. How's it going, everyone? Yeah, so uh, Anton, uh, last night was a pretty big night where, or I should say big day overall in general, right, where... The Federal Reserve came out with their minutes or release. You had President Biden speaking to Congress, and then you had just a really big earnings day with Facebook, Apple, Shopify. So just kind of want to ask, what are your thoughts with everything that happened yesterday? Well, I think, um, you know, I'll talk a little bit about the results. I think the market was pleased pretty overall with the results. Um, you know, I know today we've come out with more results and, and, you know, the, some of these stocks have gone down a little bit in after hours trading, but, um, I think talking about president Biden's speech and the proposals that he's made, I think some of that was already in the news. So that's why the market, uh, didn't, you know, we were talking earlier about, you know, surprised that the market didn't uh, turn down initially because the proposal that he's trying to do is basically tack on a lot of spending um, that, you know, after already having spent quite a bit of money and they're planning to fund that spending through higher taxes, right? And we're going to, I think, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, some of those ideas, because I think some of those ideas could have a major impact on investing and, and people's uh, financial health, because um, that's a lot of money that that they're trying to uh, come up with. And I think it's going to be difficult for them to come up with the funding for a lot of these proposals. Well, you're right. I mean, yeah, he did announce, you know, a few days, or at least its administration did a few days before that their plans were to increase taxes, uh, especially on the capital gains rate, which that's when we actually saw, you know, a pretty, pretty sharp drawdown intraday in the market. So, I mean, let's go into that, right? I'm curious on your standpoint. I've been reading, getting other perspectives, and you have on one side those individuals within the the venture capital PE hedge funds, and you know those those of the the class that are essentially being affected, saying, "Well, this isn't really going to help in regards to the overall economy because all this will really kind of do is cause us to spend less or invest less, let's say, into going into some of these ventures." Right? Biden's his justification is. Well, big government is is better government. They'll be able to allocate these resources to, you know, those in need, and it's time to pay their fair share, right? So, where where do you stand on this? And then I guess I'll give you my opinion on on where we are or what I think it is. Um, well, I I think I I am in total disagreement. Um. You know, I think I think uh, the people that are those high earners already, you know, I, I think that starts what is fair share. I think it already they already do pay their fair share. I mean, we talk about how much money the top level of people pay in taxes. Um, they they pay such a high percentage of our our tax revenue. Um, they do pay their fair share, and I think what we've found, you know, in the last. Uh, 
I don't know, maybe 20 years, uh, if not more. I mean, I, I would say more, but definitely it's gotten worse as we found that the government is very bad at allocating capital and spending the capital that they generate through taxation or borrowing. And so I, I think too, if I look at a historical perspective, um, you know, in the past, right, if you want to get something done, you do need a, you do need people with in the private sector. I mean, you do need people with concentrations of wealth so that they can make investments, right? And some people disagree that they think, okay, we should all, no one should have, you know, millions of dollars and we should all be this eternal kind of middle class, so to speak. But that's not realistic, I think. And when it comes to investment, because there's a lot of projects that are very capital intensive and uh, you don't just, you don't just find capital laying on the streets, right. Or off hanging off of trees. You got to, you need people with some deep pockets and coming together in investment pools. And so I think some of those ideas are going to really uh, hinder that. And uh, there's a couple other things that I want to talk about, but I'll let you go and give your opinion. Well, I mean, here's my standpoint on this. I agree with infrastructure spending Right now, where I don't know all the details, and I don't think all the details have been released yet of where he's planning to put all of this money that they're for his proposal, right? In regards to what the taxation will be. I mean, if you're talking about roads, like general infrastructure that will increase the production of our economy, I'm all for that. One of the things that I mean, we have an interesting perspective, right? Because we're in the financial world. So it makes sense in one hand, right? Where if you are taxing a certain class or Wall Street and, and what's known as the one percenters, well, if you, the higher the tax, the less they are going to spend. Um, it's, it's possible that less innovation would actually happen within the United States. And to that point, I... I do agree with some of those venture capitalists because if you're not, if you don't have as much capital to put into the system, well, that will inhibit our, our potential growth. Right. And I think that at this point in time is kind of Joe Biden was continuously talking about how we need to compete with countries like China. And there was one point right where he mentioned there's absolutely no reason why we shouldn't be building, I can't remember if you said solar panels or solar wind panels, right? Uh, in Philadelphia instead of uh, Beijing. And well, part of that, I think, is it comes to cost. That's partly why people offshore their expenses or services. But I just can't think of the only other thing I can think of. And because if he's going to continue to spend, you know, at this rate, and it's, it seems like even more might be coming along the way. Well, you, we're going to have to pay those bills somehow, right? So what are the other methods other than taxing? And one of the things I've been wondering is, well, what if you do um, some sort of, you know, build America bonds or some sort of investments granted to the public and the private, right? Because I'm right now until I've gathered more data and looked more into this i'm on i'm citing on the sides of of those of the the finance world and just 
it would impede our innovation and, and growth on that aspect. Mm -hmm. I see you're shaking your head no when I'm talking about building America bonds or some sort of investment vehicle for our infrastructure. Why, why well, are you against that? Well, because he's, I think he's, I, and this is the problem, right? These politicians now, and I don't, I'm not actually saying this about one side or the other. They, they are very, they've learned the game now and they, they phrase these bills in a certain way to basically package it and message it to the public to make it sound good. And when we talk about infrastructure, you said it, br you know, roads, bridges, um, and, you know, that obviously infrastructure is not just roads and bridges. But if you look at what is in the quote unquote infrastructure bill, and again, we don't know everything, but, you know, I've seen reports where the infrastructure the true infrastructure of what people would consider it is less than like 10% or something, 15%. It was, um, and I, and again, it'll, it'll change. But when I think of something, if you're going to name a bill for something, then the, at least in my opinion, right. It should be at least over 50% of it should be what it, what the name stands for. Right. And so, um, and, and it, we shouldn't have all this fat that's put on there. And so when you talk about paying for some of this stuff, um, we, I, I think the, the people, he, he's basically treating our dollar like it's monopoly money and it's going to turn into monopoly money. It'll be worthless. And when we talk about paying about paying for it and it, we're going to have to somehow, it's not going to be through taxation. It's going to be through inflation um, and other, uh, other costs associated. Right. And so I just, I have a hard time when people try to, t you know, sell me on something and they're not, not you, but they're, it's, it's not the true essence of what's going on. Um, and I think we're seeing that bear out when we talk about the cost of, uh, of some of these commodities out there these days, right. They're going up and it's all tied to the amount of spending that we're doing. And, um, you know, it's been a while since we've come on here and done a podcast, but, uh, I'll give, you know, people that are listening to this, a, uh, an example. Um, I used to work at Oracle, uh, prior to, uh, coming to Chimera Wealth. I was obviously a financial advisor before Oracle, but I worked at Oracle for a couple of years and, and everybody knows that Oracle has decided to leave California. Well, they're leaving California to go to Texas. And I have friends and former coworkers who are in the process of moving to Texas and lumber is so expensive and the costs are, are climbing so high that they can't even figure out if they want to do a new build on a home, what the cost is going to be because these builders have less than 30 days of inventory and the costs of materials are climbing so fast that they can't accurately price the cost to the buyers of these homes. That's a problem, right? That is a, that's a serious problem. And, uh, I think with the fed, the, at least to my eyes, it doesn't seem like the fed is very worried about, uh, prices, uh, too much. At least that's, that's the feeling that I get, um, put out into the public sphere. We don't know what they're actually thinking necessarily behind closed doors, but, um, yeah. Yeah, so. but the, I mean, the answer still lies. How are we going? How should we 
right? Pay for if it's not the stimulus or the the proposals that are being put forth now. What are we doing to basically? Because think about it, last year, right? We've done trillions of dollars in regards to pumping money into the system during this pandemic. Like we still need to pay for that those bills, right? And the only other way we can think of, and I mean, at least for me, I I do I can kind of appreciate to certain aspects where our politicians are and trying to figure out how to make sure, even though I, I would argue that they're not doing a great job, but I don't know how to improve it, right? How to basically make the deficit better, right? Because you're right. One of the things is inflation. And I think that's on the minds of a lot of investors, both on the retail side and professional side um, of, well, if we continue to pump money into the system, and even more stimulus is going in uh, in the future, how there needs to be a way that we pay this off. And to a certain extent, yeah, we're, we're growing. I mean, earnings, we're, we, I just mentioned that earlier, right? You have some of these companies that earnings are picking up. Part of that, I think, is still attributable, especially on the tech side, right, where you're, they're talking about Facebook had an increase in user user base. Well, I mean, you're stuck at home. You can't go anywhere. How else are you going to communicate with people or the world? You're going to be using social media a lot more. Um, but yeah, how... It's inflation. The, the answer is inflation. That's how it's going to be paid. That's just how it is. I mean, they're going to they're gonna gain some extras because if they raise taxes, right? But that's not going to fund it. That's... I mean, we've talked that people talk about this all the time, right? Our, our our total debt is so out of control that you could take all the money from every billionaire in the U.S. and maybe even take more money from, you know, people that are maybe that next tier down that aren't billionaires, but they have hundreds of millions of dollars. And we would not t do anything meaningful to the debt, really. I mean, it just wouldn't, uh, not from a long-term perspective because we've taken on so much debt. And the problem is that we continue to add to that debt. When you talk about the deficit, right? We keep spending more and more and more and there's not I mean, what are we getting from it at this point? You know, it's uh I'm not saying that all the spending in the last 30 years has been w totally wasteful, but the percentage of it that is wasteful is too much. And then when we talk about, you know, how we're going to fund this and they're talking about raising the top top line um uh, tax rate for those top earners to 39.6%. You know, if you're in a state like California, like I am, right, people are already leaving California. Well, they're going to leave even more. Why would you, I mean, there's a point where their total tax rate is going to be well above 50%. I mean, yeah, we were just talking what with, with Josh last night after <laughs> about all of us moving to Nevada because why why would we want to be paying over half of our of our income yeah. uh in taxes which don't get me wrong like i'm all for paying fair share but paying over half i don't know there's something there that it just it it's uh, un-american that's what that is it's un-american that's not it is it's it's un-american because people forget you know we didn't have income tax for uh, the first portion of the united states being um uh, in existence. You know, I think I want to say it was the early 1900s. I should Google that while we're talking. Um, 
you know, it, it, it w- didn't exist, right? And then when they instituted the income tax, you know, it was people weren't paying high rates and it was, you know, very, very minimal. And it was not, it was meant because, you know, we, they needed some extra revenue. And I think I might be wrong on this. This, you know, I like to, as AJ gives, says, you know, I kind of go off of memory, but which can be wrong, but I want to say it was not meant to be permanent initially. Um, no, yeah. I don't think that can be right. That doesn't might, sound right. I think. In- income tax not being permanent. I think how, when how they first pay for the government and all the uh, the public well, services. Well, initially, for the first the first uh, what was it hundred and twenty five years? It wasn't it wasn't an income tax. It was property taxes, tariffs, sales taxes. Um, and then when the government started getting bigger, they instituted uh, income tax. You know, and when you say talk about how we fund fund. Uh, uh, infrastructure, you know, wh- what am I paying gas tax for in California? I mean, our roads are garbage out here and, you know, I've been paying gas tax, uh, you know, since I became an adult and our, our roads are, are horrible. You know, when you leave California to go into Oregon, Arizona, Nevada, you know, the moment you cross the border, the roads improve immediately. Um, and that's because, you know, the state of California is useless when it comes to, uh, some of their spending. And, uh, you know, it's the same thing with the property taxes. Everybody's like, oh, our education system is failing. And it's like, well, you know, we have the high, our property taxes have been increasing, obviously, because property has been climbing. We're spending, we spend so much money relative to other countries on our, our education. Maybe it's not the spending and the money that's being thrown at it. It's, it's how it's being used and the actual use of those funds. That's my thought. I agree with you right there. Um, in regards to the spending. And that's kind of, I mean, that's part of the reason why I was saying develop some sort of system. I think, right, I've, or maybe it's just because I'd like to invest, but give me some incentive and I'll be putting that private money into some of these infrastructure bills, right? Allow private capital to come in and spend their own money because a lot of people that I know that are in that the higher tax bracket, and, and you as well, right? They don't really think, and I mean, you're talking about it right now. They don't think the government knows how to spend efficiently and wisely in regards to where our taxes are being allocated to and what programs. And maybe that's, that's partly why it's like, maybe that's a method where don't necessarily privatize it, which a lot of it has been now, right? But I don't know. I'm just, I, I can't I would- find a solution that, makes everyone happy i'll give you an i'll give you a uh the most part i'll give you an idea um i think especially because of how divided the u.s has become i think the federal government has become too powerful and they should put more of the onus on local jurisdictions to decide how they spend their money um because and that is already the case when it comes to let's say education you know your local your your local you know county and you know your your city your property taxes pay for um you know your firefighters your your schools right but make it so those decisions are are made at more of a local level or slash state level um because certain states are smaller or less populated so they're maybe more efficient than california but uh Take the, the that those decisions out of the hands of 
those larger entities like the federal government, because especially when you're looking at these tr- bills, right? The one, one point, what was, I was looking at one, it's like 1.5 trillion that he's proposing this one. Um, he wants to raise 1.5 trillion. That's for this taxes. Okay. So, but these bills, no one, no one's reads all of the bill. They're so big, right? So that's because they're they're working on spending so much money that they have to they have to the bill has to be so large, right? Well, anytime anything is large, you, you don't have time to read it and understand it, and there's that's where the waste comes in. So, I think if if you're making decisions at the local level, that will help that. But mostly, I would say yes, we need to privatize things. I mean, there's a lot of things the government has gotten into that that just they don't need to be in. There, it's it's purely a, a a money grab at this point. Yeah, but then you have the issue when you privatize things. So think about it with uh, the airlines, for example, right? Go just going back to last year when there were deal when negotiations were taking place and there were reports that the airlines were not going to allow the government to take control, even though they were essentially failing and and about to go, I'm not saying all of them, but to go bankrupt, right? Having these financial troubles, even the cruise lines, like at some point you need to let them fail or. I agree with that. Something needs to change on that standpoint. Go ahead. Well, I'll say this when you, I think you bring up a great point because, um, I've said this, uh, and I, I actually said this, this last week to someone, I said, you know, people right now are looking at capitalism and they're saying, look, you know, clearly capitalism doesn't work. We need more government involvement. And what I told this person was, I said, it's the exact opposite. The problem is, is that we used to have a more free markets, less government involvement, and the system worked by and large. No, nothing is ever going to be perfect, right? I am not claiming that, but it worked, right? And over the last, let's say, I would say since the 70s, maybe, um, the government has gotten more and more involved. And we've in- introduced these little aspects of socialism to the system and it's it's broken capitalism right each little piece of socialism it's it breaks it a little bit more each day right and so when you have uh and a a big aspect of this is the number of people paying taxes versus not paying taxes we now have more people i believe not paying taxes than there are paying taxes i think we crossed that threshold uh just a couple years ago and that's a problem right you can't have more takers than there are uh, contributors. And, um, I think, I think that's an aspect to it where, and if you want a counter example to what I just said, you can just go ahead and look across the Atlantic ocean right now and see how Europe has been doing with their vaccine rollout. Right now there's countries in the, in the world besides the U S that have come up with vaccines. Um, but they're not as effective or and, and the system to roll them out has not been as streamlined as the U.S. And why is that? It's because here in the U.S. we have private industry that innovation that AJ talked about. That, I mean that you talked about AJ. Um, that there's that incentive to be innovative. There's that incentive to go out and solve problems. And it, when you remove that, it reduces the industry capability to do so. And now you're looking over here at Europe. 
And, you know, their people have touted their, their healthcare system for so long, and it's not doing so well compared to the US, right? And so think about if the US didn't exist, where the world would be today, from a vaccine standpoint, you know, we came up with what do we have three options right now, we have Johnson and Johnson, Pfizer and Moderna. Yeah, Mm -hmm. right. Those those are the three that you know, here, you know, that then obviously you have AstraZeneca over in Europe and there's, there's more than just those four, but you know, people are, well, yeah, I mean, there are reports that the, the Chinese, right. Their vaccine from what I've seen is only 60% effective. And that's kind of the part of the problem in countries like Brazil that, you know, like Brazil right now is back to being locked down. And I mean, kind of going on that standpoint where you were talking about the vaccines and our rollout and, you know, having those private companies, again, that's where I kind of come back to if I think where the United States has its, what do I want to say, biggest plus in, in the country of itself is our innovation. The fact that we've, I mean, think about it. We have Amazon, we have Microsoft, Boeing, and those are just the well-known big companies, but we can conti- we are a country that continues to innovate and it is definitely a, a land to, you know, come and prosper, especially if you have an excellent idea. Now that's not to say, I mean, just from my background, right. Being on that venture capital and private investment side, there are companies outside of the United States that are coming up with great innovative things, but that's where I think the United States definitely has the, the shine. Right. right. And if you're basically, that's why I lean with the, you know, the VCs and the hedge funds and the private equity is the fact that if, if you take some of that capital away and now I'm not saying, right, like I have the best solution or we know what to do, but if you take that capital away, you're just taking, you know, one of our biggest factors that makes the United States able to grow, um, in the future and compete with how we mentioned competing with China, competing with countries abroad. Um, so again, it's a, it's a sticky point you, you mentioned, right? And I guess we are fortunate enough to be, well, technically you're still in the United States. I'm actually in Mexico right now. And speaking of countries not doing well with the COVID vaccine, that's why I left Colombia while we were there, while I was there. Um, because yeah, lockdowns were re- reinforced. Uh, the vaccine rollout hasn't been as good as they'd like, and we're we're quite fortunate. I, I definitely agree to that. It's just there there needs to be a way that we can bring down this deficit without inflation at least getting out of control. Yeah. Because think well, about it, where else are the world reserve currency? I mean, the United States dollar, I should say, is the world reserve currency. For now, losing that kind of status. Uh, would be a huge detriment yeah. to the country. And I think if Math- we keep down, yeah, if we keep down that path, uh, that's what's going to happen. We will lose that because uh, the faith in the dollar would be diminished to the point where it would not be used anymore, or they would come up with other alternatives. And that's why I say I agree that you know the way you cut the deficit spending, you know, all those bailouts that you kind of alluded to about I think five minutes ago, is we stop bailing out failing companies. You know, if you make a decision as a business, you know, whether you're a CEO or just, you know, in a general sense, maybe it's the the issue isn't a CEO's fault, although that's 
you know, they take a lot of the responsibility as leaders of their companies. But if, if the decision, if they make decisions that cause them to need to either go out of business or to be restructured, which is what happens normally, right? They don't go totally out of business. A lot of them, a lot of them, they get restructured, they get bought and then they get, you know, they reopen back up after a hedge fund or a venture capital firm comes in and does a reorg, but you got to stop bailing them out. You have to let the system work. Uh, in or capital. what if you bail them out? Here, here, this idea, it might not work, but what if you bail, what if you bail them out, but the bailout is essentially the United States or any country basically forms their own like VC branch or nope. private equity branch where you have your uh, an, an actual dedicated investment team and their whole sole purpose is to invest into companies and product solutions that will better the world in the United States. Why not? I think, I think they already have that. <laughs> that would be great. That's that called the CIA. The That's called the CIA, I think. They, <laughs> no. they have all these firms that they operate. I mean, I just know because – the, the government, that just becomes a government slush fund where they can basically, uh, you know, control more of the economy. You could, use, you could economy. use the returns that that, that that fund, that private government fund would earn and help pay with some of these taxes and, and deficit and no, proposals. It, that, that's, that's socialism. I mean, that's, that's a, it's just a re, it's a word, a different word for it. I mean, it just wouldn't work. It might work in the short run for a second, but it would not long term. And it, the government doesn't let go of revenue sources. I've, I've, I haven't been alive that long, but I have yet to see the government say, oh, we're making a hundred million from this revenue source. We're, we're, you know, we've gotten what we needed from it. We, you know, it was, let's say we needed a hundred million for five years. We made a $500 million. We're good now. We paid for the reason that they had the revenue source in the first place. We'll give it back to the to the private you know sector and our citizens who have been paying those taxes diligently. They just come but up see, with new. Ones. You just raise a good point, right? Okay, so you mentioned that the government basically holds these uh, positions of equity, right? If they were to have positions of equity or revenue sources, and they would hold it essentially for forever, to eternity. The same thing, and this is kind of the one of the arguments with Biden's proposal is. When he, if it's a target towards the really upper class, like Jeff Bezos, Zuckerberg, right, in regards to capital gains, well, they're not selling their shares of Facebook and Amazon. These guys are the, one of the richest men in, in the United States and in the world. These guys aren't selling their shares and, and uh, realizing capital gains. They're maintaining that equity position because they want to maintain control of the company, right? So that's where we, you raise a good point. If the United States is going to do something like that, like there needs to be a different way to tax at least those kind of individuals who have that much equity. Yeah. Well, I would say that's the problem. We're focused on, on taxing these people. You know, I, I just, it's, it's, it's a cost. It's, they got to stop spending. If you don't spend as much and waste money, you don't need to raise as much in taxes, right? The whole reason that we are in the boat that we are in today when it comes to jobs, you know, not being here in the U.S. anymore is because 20, 30 years ago, we started, um, 30 years ago, uh, we started raising taxes and it, the, it was an incentive like, oh, we're raising taxes in the U.S. Well, you know, these, these CEOs aren't idiots. You know, what they did is they went abroad and they, they, uh, 
they went and, and built man, uh, factories in, in third world countries and then U.S. workers lost their jobs slash, you know, we as a society have become lazier because, you know, there's been some moral decay and, you know, voila, you know, now we're at this point, uh, you know, 30, 30, 40 years later and we're sitting here and we're in a financial mess. So, you know, it, it's, this is, this is the time that people need to start, uh, you know, having a hard look in the mirror and saying, Hey, we need to make some tough choices. And maybe it's not that we need to punish the producers. We need to basically say, Hey, all of us need to tighten our belts when it comes to getting government, government spending. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that's the route we I need don't to know, take. Man. I think, well, maybe I, I, I don't know. I kind of like this idea that the, the United States government has a venture capital, fund that i mean okay so you have countries like like chile for example right and i don't know if they actually get equity but i do know that there's a grant program for if your startup is in the country i can't remember the exact amount and it's not much but you get like thirty thousand for you know your 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 founding team working working out of chile and having a startup now granted like i said i don't know if there's an equity component that comes into that but that would be an interesting thought if the government were to say, okay, we're going to start essentially a, like an accelerator program similar to YC, right? Or Y Combinator, right? Um, where not only are they, they fund providing a little bit of seed capital, but they're also getting some equity out of this. And hey, if our government was having a portion of equity in all of these companies, which I mean, I guess that's a different form of taxation, right? Um, I don't know. I think it would. I think it would boost. It would. It would help boost the innovation aspect, but also it's. It'd be more, sw- like, easier to swallow on a on a founder entrepreneurial's not entrepreneur's aspect to say, you know what, the the government's giving me this chance to to do something. I'm fine giving five percent of equity from my company until i can well you yeah, wouldn't be able to buy they them don't, out maybe but. it's it's it, that's not really an apples to apples comparison and i'll give you the reasons why the U, the u.s companies don't have an issue with getting funding the u.s companies have an issue with government regulation it's the u.s government that has issues with funding their issues stem from wasteful spending, right? It, anything the government runs is going to be very poorly run. We all. Well, I'm not talking the about the big companies, though. I'm talking about the small. I'm talking about where the argument lies for the hedge funds, the private equity firms, that if you are going to tax us on capital gains to where we're basically paying an, an ordinary income tax on everything that we make, well that's going to prevent us from investing into these startups and innovative companies. So I'm talking about the the perspective of I'm fearful that that would actually inhibit growth in the United States rather than accelerate. Well, that for sure the taxes would. That's why I'm saying it shouldn't be a matter of taxing or finding another revenue source. The problem is the U.S. needs to – it's not a revenue problem. It's a spending problem. And this is where – the issue has been with the U.S. for so long because, um, and I think both parties have a have a problem with this because the Republicans who supposedly are against spending, they just spend money. Just you know, they both spend money, and 
it just whoever's in power decides to spend it on different projects. And that's that's where the conversation needs to really take root. And I don't mean it. I mean, seriously, take root. I don't mean paying lip service to it. I mean, stop spending the citizens monies. And and your example with Chile, you know, these third world countries, right? The, they that would maybe have a temporary or more of an impact because those are countries that have very low development and they would that might work a little bit better when you have an economy that's less than you know what is it i have no idea what chile's economy is but it's a it's microscopic compared to just california right and so i think a bigger issue in those other countries is they don't need funds to promote um investment and innovation they just need to have an environment where if you're a business owner you don't have corruption you know some corrupt cop coming around for a payoff or you don't have some uh, cartel or you know whoever's coming down the road to, to rip you off and and you know have a tax on you. You just want your government to basically protect you and um, you know let you live your life. Two hundred ninety-four million is, is U.S. for Chile, or two hundred ninety-four million USD is the GDP for Chile as of twenty nineteen. Oh my gosh! By the IMF. Two, two, wait, you said million or billion? 294. Well, I guess this is measured in million, so that is billion. Yeah, 294 oh, okay. billion. I was going to say, it's 294 <laughs> million. You, for that you, catch. you and yeah. I are going to go out and raise some money and buy chili. I mean, I'm ready to go. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll buy chili. That's my, that's my mistake. Yeah. But even then, right? That's a small GDP. I mean, California's three trillion. Yeah. So, you know, you guys all just heard that, right? That's my point is when you're, and that goes back to my, my local spending versus federal spending, right? It's, it's, if you have people managing money in a local setting, it's harder for there to be graft and corruption and just wastefulness because you have more eyes. You have a smaller amount of money that you have eyes on and, and there have, you have people that have vested interests in, how are we going to spend our money, not you know somebody else's that we just took it from that lives somewhere else? So, uh, and that goes back to that moral hazard conversation that we've had before. Um, but yeah, I, I just I don't uh, I think that's that's the bigger problem. So uh, you know, and, and and it's not just capital gains or income taxes, right? Like Biden wants to just. There's all sorts of taxes that they want to peg onto this. And and again, it goes back to also what I was saying about that infrastructure bill. It's it's not even it, those taxes are not for roads and bridges. I mean, part of it is, but a lot of that is for just a bunch of these these boondoggle projects that uh, are just ridiculous. So. And who knows, we talk about people leaving California to go to Texas, right? What happens if people leave the u.s because they say hey i just can't stomach uh taxes above and beyond what i'm already paying right so well people are already doing that yeah but people i mean, are doing that right now i mean it like a uh there's a there's a point where it's a trickle and it becomes a flood right so what happens yeah. when it becomes a flood and you and you mean like uh what's what's the other term not uh expatriate but uh 
like relinquish their citizenship. Oh yeah, right? yeah. Because that's that's yeah. where the ben the benefit of uh, the U.S. for the benefit of the U.S. government, we're taxed wherever we go. Right. <laughs> it doesn't matter where you are, as long as you are an American citizen, you are taxed. Which, yep. I mean, there there are billionaires that have decided, hey, um, you know, I think one of the more famous ones, at least in the last what. 10 years was that guy who was a co-founder of Facebook. He went to, um, where did he go? Singapore, Hong Kong. Um, I don't know. He went, don't, he went somewhere follow, in Asia. Um, he went somewhere in Asia. So, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, you're talking about people leaving the U S I mean, some, some won't, but I think if that were to happen if, and the government were to see that, right, they, they might actually just tighten uh, the, the requirements. Cause I've, I've, I've looked into it to be honest with you. And if it's shown that you're just giving up your citizenship just so you can get out of taxes, like you're still charged taxes when you leave. Right. Um, they'll, they'll charge a tax penalty. And what's, what's interesting is if people are going to these States right where the the tax rate is lower or going to states like you know washington where there's no income tax the the next question i think is it's not so much i mean the extreme yes is people leaving in droves out of the country but the next question is okay well what if people are leaving these go to going to these states that have lower tax rates and now those states are increasing their tax rates to cal to close to california levels Right. Well, the, then yeah. that would be a progression yeah. of domino effect of, okay, right. well now it's time to leave the country. Well, we're going to see that. I mean, let's face it. If people that go to Texas, they're coming from California and there's a lot of people that aren't smart enough to connect the dots and think, why am I leaving the best state in the union for weather and what used to be economic uh, dominance, right? California, I think it was the sixth largest. When I was in the nineties, I, I think it was the sixth largest economy in the world by itself. Okay. Think about that. Um, according sixth. to here that I'm looking at, it's fifth. It's fifth now? Like it's at three, three trillion yeah, as okay. based on 2019 by the IMF. Yeah. yeah. Right. International so, Monetary Fund, 2019, October 2019. Again, that's that's nominal value, people, because that's probably that's inflationary because of all the money that we've been printing. But the point is people are having to leave California, right? Why are they having to do that? It's because the struggle for the average person to live in California has increased. That should tell you something is wrong. And so the question will come down and I'm putting my, my I guess you would say, uh, I'm making a stand here right now before it happens. I think what's going to happen is these people are going to go to these states and to AJ's point, certain states those states are going to make the same, uh, let's say, economic um, dis voting decisions from a tax perspective, and those states will start raising their taxes. And then other states will maintain their, I would say, their tax-friendly uh, status. And I don't think it's a coincidence that the, the, the people are moving to tax-friendly states right now because... It encourages business. Texas has been encouraging business since, you know, I, I can remember and it's just exploded. So, I mean, that's, that's where I'm standing on that issue. Where would you move if you left California 
Or we're just uh, sticking with the Montana uh, with everything it, going on. Shh, don't say anything. Um, I'm keeping that private. I don't want anybody moving to the state um, and driving up those potential real estate prices before I get there. I'll I'll uh, I'll keep people in the informed at on a future podcast once I uh, once I move. But maybe not though. You know, I might like that privacy. You know, I don't want people coming to whatever state I move to because they're trying to follow in my footsteps. So. <laughs> That's selfish, man. So hey, selfish. Hey, you know Big what? Big world out there. I can't trust people anymore. You know, I, I try and I try and provide some educational resources, like telling them, "Hey, this is not a good uh, idea from a you know economic social example," and they then no one listens to me. So, um, I don't know. I I just I think definitely I will be in the interior of the U.S. Let's put it that way. I will not be in a coastal state. Um, I mean, I have family ties in California, so I probably never will fully leave. Uh, but I will definitely be living the majority of the year somewhere else eventually. Would you ever be open to the possibility of um, living outside of the country, like permanently? Still coming to the U.S. to visit, but oh, I'm essentially I'm, being an expat. Yeah, I'm. I'm open to it. I mean, if if things continue down the road that we're going, I mean, you got to be prepared. I mean, I'm not. Uh, I'm like I just found out from today from an attorney for one of the oh, I'm working with uh, um, a client, a Brazilian startup in well in uh, Brasilia in Brazil, talking to attorneys about taxation and how to structure this deal. Any outsourced services and payment that I would re- receive because I'm anyone who's a foreigner outside of Brazil taxation is 40%. I was like, are you kidding me? We basically had our meeting was supposed to be half an hour. That meeting ran into two hours of just trying to find a solution of taxation is, is nuts. Like not just in the United States, right? Like all over the globe, there are areas or countries where taxation is, is ridiculous and doesn't really stimulate growth. But, uh, yeah, where would you where would you consider? I'm sorry, that totally went off on a tangent. I was just had to put uh, it out there. Yeah, forty percent of income, forty percent. I mean, I've I've never seen a I've never seen a country in 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 world history that really exploded with growth when they had high taxes. I mean, I don't know. Color me surprised on that one, but people, uh, yeah, people just it just it's common sense, people. It's common sense. So. And when you're when you are able to grow as an economy, you're going to do well. Um, but I guess getting back to AJ's point or question, um, I mean, I think Central and South America. Um, I don't really see myself going to Asia. Um, I mean, I'm I'm part Croatian, so I might go to. I could see myself maybe in Croatia or something. But it's tough because this is the problem is, is I think a lot of these socialist ideologies, like I said earlier about Europe and its medical healthcare issues, I, I, there's a lot of countries that are very, they're, they're under the yoke of taxation and they don't live a free life. And I'm not, I'm not leaving the U.S. and its high tax uh, environment to go to a, another country with high taxes. It's just, that's you know, I'm, I'm thinking down the road, right? Like I'm somebody that looks further than just the first foot in front of my face. Um, and that's what I think a lot of these people that are moving to Texas aren't doing, to be honest. Um, you know, it's, it's fine. And you know, Texas is good now, but what's it going to be like 15, 20 years from now? 
Yeah. I mean, to be honest, from in, in my opinion, regardless of the political or economic system, I believe that there will always be the haves and the have-nots, right? Eventually, you will get to a point where you have those players who know the game and they've learned the game to play really well, and those who just, unfortunately, over time, right, have, yes, they don't have the opportunities, but they also just don't know well, how to play the game. Right. I think they and, have the opportunities. They just don't want to work. I mean, I would argue, and we could do that in another podcast. Of, uh, I don't think everyone does. But, you know, I think regardless of the system or the type of effects that you try to implement, right, there will always be consequences. And you can never get to that perfect equilibrium where there, everyone has and there won't be haves and have-nots. I think that just over time, it's inevitable, regardless yeah. of what system you implement. Well, and, and I'll comment on that a little bit is that you you if everybody has something has something you know if everybody's rich no one's rich you know you're all and and oftentimes in a situation where everybody is the same and historically you look at it and the soviet union is example numero uno is everybody is equally poor with the exception of the uh basically the 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 political elites within the communist party. Right. So I think that there is a, um, I think that there's a benefit to having in a society of people that are have nots where as long as you're allowing them that opportunity to build their life, to become someone who is no longer a have not. And as somebody who has, you know, you, you start off maybe in the lower low, you're poor, you're in the lower classes, and you're able to build yourself up into the middle classes or the upper, you know, upper classes when it comes to wealth, there is, um, there's, there's value there. And I think it, it builds better people because in my experience, if you talk to people that grew up in the great depression, they have an appreciation for hard work. And a lot of them became very successful. You know, the people that were born and raised during the great depression, they became successful as adults in the latter half of the 1900s because they had gone through those experiences. And, um, I think that's, uh, I think that's, that's what every society should remember is we want to be hardworking and, uh, that's how we will progress individually and, uh, as a society. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll definitely keep an eye out and maybe return to the subject once we get more details about the, the new proposal. And on that note, we'll see you next time. The opinions expressed in this podcast are for general informational purposes only and not intended to provide specific investment advice or recommendations to any individual or any on any specific security. It is only intended to provide education about the financial industry and the political system. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. Any indices referenced for comparison are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. As always, please remember, investing involves risk and the possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional.